All right, well, we have a special guest here. This is, this is my wife, Whitney, and it is fun to have her up here. Yeah, joining this conversation this morning. We're talking about trusting God, and so we have this you know, year-long question, do I trust God? But we're talking about specifically uh, trusting God in transitions. And so, um, again, Pastor Mark has set up this question for kind of this whole year of discipleship. And a few weeks back, he even um, gave us this theme verse, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, um, kind of as, as a guide. As we take this question, do I trust God, into a lot of different circumstances within life. And so, um, Whit, why don't you go ahead and read that verse, Proverbs 3, um, 5 through 6 for us. Sure. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Um, that verse 6b in the message version says he's the one who will keep you on track. So we kind of thought this as it's not necessarily a black and white decision all the time. It won't always be this perfect versus imperfect decision. Sometimes there are choices, but ultimately you'll be kept on his track by seeking him through it. And this morning as we talk about um, the question of do I, do I trust God in transition, we're going to share not from a perspective of we've figured this all out, um, but rather from our current experience so far, and then just taking a look at a narrative in the Lord's word um, that shows transition and what we can glean from that as well. Yeah, so um, just as kind of an overarching reminder for kind of where we're at in our life, and this might be the first time you hear it, or it might be a reminder, um, but a while ago we announced that um, the Lord has been working in our hearts and we're going to be stepping out um, to become lead pastors to a church. We have no idea where it's, where it's at. <laughs> we're just starting this process with our four-square denomination in that district, which is like the northwest of saying, hey, we're, we're open to becoming lead pastors, and we want to do this, and we want to answer that call that God has been nudging us in. And so, um, so we're in transition, and even this last week, we started moving all of our stuff over to her parents' house, Jay and Julie's house, um, to start living there with them, because during our prayer and fasting time in January, we felt like the Lord just said, prepare, like just be prepared and ready to go. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're preparing our life. We're putting our, our house up for sale in a couple of weeks. So we're doing lots of little projects and little things here and there, getting it ready to go. And then we're going to just kind of take a few months just to even just sit and wait and be with the Lord and kind of be open to this process of like, all right, where does the Lord have us when it comes to being a lead pastor? And so it is um, really scary but also really exciting at the same exact time. And so it's all of these weird emotions that we're experiencing. Um, but we also wanna say that as we talk about um, just trusting God in transitions, we understand that not all transitions are in like your control. If right now, Ukraine, Russia, that's like a transition for millions of people that are refugees that are just being taken out of that country. Like that's not in their control. There's deaths, accidents, job losses, there's relational severance. There's lots of transitions that are not great and are not fun and are not in your control. So we're going to talk primarily from just what's happening in our life in this transition. Um, how this is something that God's been kind of nudging us in and how we're kind of answering his call in that. But we also want to just say we understand that 
this is not like just cut and paste when it comes to life. There's a lot of different things that, that occur, but we believe that God's word will give some, some good principles and some good um, overarching guidelines to help um, if you're going through any type of transition when, when it comes to just your life and different things. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that being said, I, I really believe that we are the fortunate ones to be just knowing that the, this is the Lord's call on our life, like that is huge. That's something that we keep falling back on. Um, and then also just to have the support from our friends and our family and you guys, our church family, and even other leaders during this time of transition within our district. Mark and Kate have just been so fantastic and supportive and they're celebrating it. And although it's hard, um, they see God's hand in this time and that makes it so much easier and easier on us too. So we're just so thankful to you, Mark and Kate. Um, for your support and your mm -hmm. love. And then also, um, when we first started telling our family, someone with moist eyes said, this is very happy, sad, and we've been using that to describe like all the feels that we've been going through. Because of course, we're very excited for what the Lord's doing, and we're, we're happy to be answering his call. We're happy to be saying yes. Um, but it's also just really hard to leave Cheney Face Center, this healthy, beautiful community um, in our church and our family and our friends. And even when Karen was leading, the, I think it was the first song, it said, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good. That just wrecked me <laughs> because it's just been a wonderful time growing up in this church and it's, it's hard to leave for a second time, not only just college and coming back this time, but for maybe a long time. So, mm -hmm. so thank you. Thank you for supporting us through this as well. Yeah. Troy said earlier that he's an emotional guy. Um, we are too. And I think after a, we were part of the Renew Conference this whole last weekend, whenever I get tired, I get super emotional. So if I cry randomly this morning, just know it's because I'm really tired. That's the excuse. I'm, re I'm really tired. That's why. That's why um, on this. But, but transitions can cause movement, obviously, physically, like location-wise. But I also see it happening emotionally and spiritually. Um, the Lord does things. And whether it's an easy transition or a difficult one, there's always opportunities for growth at different capacities. And there's moments the Lord provides where we have to ask this question, do I trust God? Do, do I trust God in the middle of this unknown, in the middle of this struggle, in the middle of this whatever? And so that's a, that's a question that I think really applies in a lot of maybe for some of us in this room. And maybe you've walked through a season of transition of do I trust God in what is happening? A few weeks back at um, a church conference that our staff was a part of, the, the, the leaders um, there at the conference were talking a lot about transition, and he kind of said it really brings everything to the surface. He had this analogy of worm hunting. If you've ever been nightcrawler hunting, a morning like this morning is great, right? Wet, all that stuff, the worms come to the top. But he said you can also take you know, big old metal rods in the yard, put some electric shock to them, and all of a sudden the worms just start squirming out. That's transition. <laughs> it, brings, it brings things up that you didn't really know that were like quite there. And, and yes, we did use those worms to feed to our youth kids um, for the Renew Conference oh, as Troy, so no. <laughs> um, but but what, what we see, though, is in transition, there's always things the Lord brings to the surface. We're never done being made into the image of Christ. In transitions are one of the ways that God can continue to shape us and mold us. 
and conform us into the image of his son with the big picture and also with the little details. And so as we come into this conversation, um, Wit, would you pray for us? Sure. Okay. Lord, thank you so much for just our church family and the support we're receiving through our transition. And we pray that as we dig into your word this morning that each one of us would find something that's helpful for us throughout the rest of our weeks, maybe even into this year, Lord. If we find ourselves in transition, let us be leaning against you and, and really digging into your word and continuing to grow in you. So thank you for just being a big God and caring us for us so much. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, a, a section of scripture that we're going to kind of focus on this morning is found in Joshua chapter 1. So you have your Bibles with you. You can turn to that section of scripture. It's in the Old Testament. If you're at home, same here, but also you can pull your phones out. We got version. I was telling the youth students this last weekend, I was like, man, I have like rarely cracked open like my actual paper Bible. I'm just always on like my phone Bible, which is great. I'm like, this is weird to have a paper Bible. And they're like, what? <laughs> but I was like, hey, if you're reading God's word, you're reading God's word. And so I want to just encourage us that be in God's word. So anyway, um, we're going to be in Joshua chapter one. And um, just context for this, uh, the nation of Israel has come out of Egypt and Moses is going to stay back because God's actually preventing him from going to the promised land. So Joshua is kind of tapped to take the people forward in the promised land. And he's the new leader, and it's scary. He's got all of these different feels. I'm sure he's excited, scared, all these things. Um, but what we see is God has this like pep talk with him in, in the middle of this time of transition. And so this is what we see here in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. God says, Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land, I swore, their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you, which is literally the first five books of the Bible, like the Torah. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I wanted to share about the, just when I read this more recently when we were preparing, um, this, this section kind of sounds intense and it at the beginning in verse six, it says, for you are the one who will lead these people. And I think, I think as someone who grew up in the church, I think sometimes that that charge is for the leaders only. Um, but this was, although it was spoken specifically for Joshua, the principles remain the same to be taken for all of us, all of us people who, who are living out what the Lord has called us into. So we're called to live for Jesus in whatever purpose and context he's given us. So we don't get to discount, discount strength and courage to be set aside for leaders only. It's for us as well. Um, and we, it, I like the section of scripture too that talks about um, putting on the armor of God to stand up and live out what God has called us into. So we can do that with strength and courage. And later in the pep talk, God also asks them to obey, obey all the instructions, God, the instructions God gave Moses to study the book of instruction continually. And as faithful people, this is also what he's asked us to do. 
as well. Not just our leaders, oh, that's for them, um, but it's also for us to study the book of instruction or the Bible or the word continually. Yeah, and, and God knew that Joshua is gonna need strength and courage. I mean, we all need strength and courage throughout many different circumstances of our life, but in this specific context, God knows what the future looks like. I mean, they're coming into a whole brand new land. He, Joshua's taking a whole nation forward in this time. There's gonna be battles. There's gonna be more unknowns. Um, he's taken a people who were wandering for 40 years. There's a whole new generation of people, and there's probably stories and stories and stories of like, when's this ever gonna happen? There's just probably this mentality of like, man, there's probably some grumbling still. I mean, no, further on into the story of the Israelites, there's a lot of grumbling and a lot of not great things. And so the Lord knows he needs strength and courage. There's also this excitement though, I'm sure, in the people knowing that there's this promised land they've been waiting for, for generation after generation. No more desert sand, no more waiting for manna to fall from heaven. They're gonna actually be able to step in into this promised land. So God knows all of the feels. And just know that God knows in transition of life, he knows what you're going through. He knows the emotions, he gets it. Um, and I would even say, like on a side note, Jesus, it says in the, in the New Testament, he understands all of our feelings essentially. And I believe like when Jesus even transitioned from heaven to earth, there was a lot that he felt of like, man, I'm submitting myself I am, I am the God of all gods, but I am coming down to earth and submitting myself in this time. So God knows there needs to be strength and courage. But what we see from this context right here is to have strength and courage during the unknown requires obedience to God's word and God's way. God just didn't tell Joshua, have strength and courage. Just, just buck up, man. Come on, let's go. No, he says, have strength and courage but do that by continually meditating on the word of God and by truly submitting to God's way in this time. Not your way, but my way. And that's really the recipe that we see um, to have strength and, and, and courage. We need this source, this, this forever source, that firm foundation that is found in God's word. And this really is echoed also by Jesus in the New Testament. In Matthew 7 is the parable of the foundations you know, there's the man who built the house on solid rock and the one who built it on the sand. And when the storms of life come, the house that's on the solid rock, it, it stands firm, right? The one that's on sand, it crumbles and falls into the sea. And what's being said there is the person who really hears the word of God and then actually acts on it, obeys it and submits to it, they're on a firm foundation. The one who hears God's word but actually doesn't live it out and I think Jesus is really calling out like the church. He's like, yo, if you're just hearing it and not actually living it out, then like, that's not good. Um, but what we see is Jesus says that person is on a not firm foundation, sandy foundation. So we see this principle in the Old Testament, but also echoed by Jesus in the New Testament. It's about being on a firm foundation and that is found in God's word and in God's way. And so in times of transition, we need to have a firm foundation, something that is stable. There's a lot of unknowns when those transitions occur. And also, just as a, a side note that I want to mention, too, is strength and courage. Sometimes courage in our culture um, can be viewed maybe differently than what biblical courage is showing. And courage is not elevating yourself in a moment. Courage is trusting God 
and sacrificing your way for God's way. And I think a lot of times in our, in our culture, we feel like courage is just like, oh, I'm going to make a name for myself, and I'm going to, ah. And yes, there's moments where we can, the Lord gives us strength and empowerment, like David against Goliath, for instance. But what I see also in just the holistic view of, of God's word is courage is really just trusting God. Trusting God and, and sacrificing your way for God's way. And I think we even see Jesus displaying that ultimately as he went to the cross. He sacrificed his way and said, Lord, if you can, take this cup from me, but if it's your will, I'll go forward. And that's what he did. And that was a very courageous act as he sacrificed um, and let the Lord's way be there. So it's not about just strength in your own power. It's about truly submitting to God's word in God's way. So what we see here again is God says, hey, have strength and courage. But how do we, how do we actually kind of maybe um, start to prepare our hearts, maybe if we're sensing a transition? So um, I want you to kind of help us start this question. Um, so what do you do if you sense a change? Um, maybe in your own life, in certain circumstances or contexts, you're sensing there might be a change. Um, so what do, you, what do you do if you start sensing that? Yeah. Um, so our first point is to filter your thoughts on your transition and next steps through the word and being prayerful. So this goes back to that um, just foundational relationship with the Lord. And we wanted to share Romans 12.2 from the NIV says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So again, it's about being grounded in God's word and God's way. And that is what leads us and guides us. Not a Google search, a TikTok influencer, or the, the other social media, but it's, it's God and all of God's everlasting and living and breathing word and seeking him out to know your next step. And then you'll be within that good, pleasing, and perfect will that he has set aside for you. Also, James 1.5 in the New Living Transla Translation says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So we get to pray to God and ask him for the things that we need, if that's direction or courage and strength. Um, we get to be real and he already knows what's up, but really what he wants is our, our honesty and our vulnerability. And he's ready for any of, any of what we have to bring to him. And also, um, it's, it's probably a reality that fear will be part of that transition time as well. And so we look to Philippians 4, 6 through 7 in the New Living for a good encouragement and a promise from him. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank, thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So no one really says, I want to be anxious about a transition. But the reality is that a lot of us do have those feelings surrounding transition. And so when we are able to pray with thanksgiving and give, give our anxious thoughts over to the Lord, his peace, he promises, will guard our hearts and our minds. So that's just a cool promise that we get to take with us. Mm -hmm. I even think like in this last week, we've been moving like a lot of our stuff over to her parents' house. 
And um, we, whenever we move, we get along perfectly. Oh, like we have yeah. no arguments or anything. Oh. We're like on the same page with everything. It's just like, it is so <laughs> amazing. But I think just in those moments of just being thankful of like, all right, our house is a mess. Nothing's in the right place. Like, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you know, that we still have like great friends and great community to help us in this. We've had a lot of people offering help and just being there. And so it's finding those moments to be thankful as well and having that heart of thankfulness. Um, another thing, if you're sensing a change, um, what we see from God's word is, is seeking wise counsel. And Joshua did this in his own life as well. But we also see this in Proverbs eleven fourteen. This is from the message translation. And it says, without good direction, people lose their way. The more, the more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Um, what's being said there is just make sure you have some good people in your life who are also following God's word and God's way um, that you can really ask and, and seek for some direction, get some good perspective on things. And I also want to charge some people around here where it's like, maybe you've gone through life. Maybe you've been through some seasons of change and have been through good, bad, all, all the thing. I want to charge you to be available um, for people who need some wisdom, um, to be available to say, hey, I see that you're going through some hard stuff. Do you want to meet up for coffee? Or maybe a person approaches you, or maybe you just tell the pastoral staff, like, hey, I'm available to be like a mentor for somebody. And I wanna really encourage that. And even right now in our women's ministry, there's a mentorship program happening and it's awesome, it's amazing. I've only heard good things about it. And so I wanna encourage um, just all people, like if you're not in transition, you can help be a part of somebody's and help bring wisdom um, for them as well in, the, in this process. And so, um, so it's not just random people you ask. You don't go to like YouTube and just say like, I'm struggling with this. And you just let that person speak into your life. They don't know who you are at all. Like, go find real people that you have relationship with and that you can even see a track record in their life of just them being um, faithful in their relationship with the Lord, but also just even being true in who they are um, as well. And then, um, oh yeah, I think you're up next, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so our point three is to honor those with communication who need to know. So we need to communicate with those around us when it's the appropriate time. And we also get to honor those leaders. And, and that's also a display of that. That communication is a display of your honoring. So in the narrative in Joshua 1, right after Joshua gets word from the Lord that it's time to be ready to move, um, he gives Israel a heads up, a three-day heads up. And he is gonna, going to be relaying what the Lord tell, told him. And we also looked at this verse, Proverbs 25, 11, and the message version says that the right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry, which is just a beautiful picture of what good communication can look like. And we have a story to share. Well, you have a story to share about yeah, that. Um, so in this process, it was back in October when Whit and I had been praying through and kind of sensing the Lord's hand about us stepping forward. And I was like, I got to talk to Mark and Kate about this. And twice a month, we have a pastoral meeting where we just gather, pray, talk about series and different things in the church and just kind of prep and stuff. And I was like, well, I'll just tell them on that Thursday meeting. Well, on Tuesday in our staff meeting, um, they were sharing about a word from the Lord they got from, from somebody at a conference. And this person they don't know just approached them and said, hey, I, we have a word for you. And they're like, okay. They said, I want to just let you know that there's going to be a change coming, happening pretty soon. Don't freak out. It's going to be really scary. It's going to seem scary, 
but God's faithful, God's got you guys, and it's only gonna make you guys better, and you're only gonna grow in this. And they were like, okay. So they shared that at our staff meeting on Tuesday, and I was sitting there like, <laughs> like, I think that's about me. <laughs> I'm not a smart person, but I know. Um, and so right after that, I was like, hey, Mark and Kate, can, can we chat about that, um, what you just said? And they're like, yeah, sure. So Mark gets a glass of water, and then he comes back in, and he's like, I think I know what this is about. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so I basically was like, <laughs> and just was like, here's what's happening. And we just talked through it. And they were super, super just encouraged, but also, you know, emotional and like, man, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tough. But um, it was just the right timing of, of things to, to talk with them. And the Lord obviously made that timing. And it's never going to be, I mean, it's not always as crystal clear when it comes to like when to tell people. But what we see is it's always good to, to tell people who need to know and to kind of give them a heads up and communicate with them, people that are kind of maybe in your inner circle or um, just those that are close in there. That's a good way to honor people and to um, like it said, it just helps those relationships to continue to be healthy in those times of transition. And unfortunately, in churches, transitions are like not healthy a lot of times. As you see a lot of hurt coming out of them because somebody just leaves and cuts bait and just like, wait, what's going on? And there's confusion. And so the better that you can communicate with, the, the less opportunity for, I feel like, the enemy to come in and to cause confusion and to cause distraction. And I think we see that with Joshua is he's like, all right, like right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the nation of Israel like where we're going. And he's just really clear in that communication um, so that they are prepared and ready to go. So if you read um, a few chapters further in Joshua 3, God gives very specific directions to the nation to cross over the Jordan River. And the floodwaters get pulled back and they're able to cross on dry land, which is pretty amazing. And then later on, he also asks them to silently for seven days walk around the town of Jericho, the town, the city, the fortress of Jericho before the walls fall down after they make a loud noise. And so these instructions didn't necessarily make sense, um, but what the Lord was really asking them to do was to trust him and to take action and be obedient. Um, and that's also what we get to take out of this narrative this morning. So our step four is, st or point four, step four, whatever. Step forward with courage and strength in the Lord and take action. So what's also good to know is that Joshua is not perfect, but he was able to lead the nation of Israel through following the Lord's instructions. Um, and he definitely messed up, and so did Israel. And, and you can read through the book of Joshua about some mess-ups as well as um, some victories. Um, but time and again, God's word brings us back to the truth that he is with us no matter what, even when we mess up. God is for us, and he loves us, and wherever you are at in a transition in your life, the Lord is with you and he offers his help. So looking again at our theme verse, God asks us to trust him and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. So this is the promise that we're, we can take with us as well. That he'll never abandon us, but he delights in showing us the way if we will just trust in him. Yeah, and this really echoes in Joshua's story, just that truth um, that God is with him. He will never abandon him through the entire process, that he is for Joshua and for the nation of Israel. 
and that he cares for them. And that can be applied to us as well. That like when we go forth in the name of Jesus, like God is with us. He won't abandon us. Um, but that trust factor, it's not just overnight. It takes some work. It takes some, some time to, to really trust in the Lord in the small things and the big, the big things. And there's still moments where we're just like, man, even when asked me the other day, I was just like frustrated. She's like, do you trust God? And I was like, in the big picture, but not in these small little things. Like, ah, you know, and she's like, all right, you know. So it's like, it's a process. And it really takes a lot of hard work to get into those areas, to allow the Lord to just be fully surrendered to what he is doing in, in our lives. And surrender, again, it's that courage part where the Lord says, you need courage, you need strength. Well, courage means surrendering and saying, like, all right, Lord, like, I'm trusting you in this process. And it's easier said than done. And I'm reminded in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me who, who are weary, cast your cares upon me. Basically what he's saying is like, the Jesus way is the way of surrender. It's when you just say, all right, I'm not gonna figure this out in my own strength. Like, I'm gonna trust God in this process. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna take it off of me because Jesus, you can handle this. I obviously cannot. <laughs> so Lord, like, take this. And that honestly scares the poop out of me because <laughs> I like to have some you know, control in things. I wanna be able to know how to go this way, that way, and have some formation to things. And so um, to allow the Lord to just step in um, in the unknown is scary. Um, it's not just this easy, easy thing to truly surrender the Lord, to trust in him. And last night at our, at our youth conference, um, this is kind of our last little point here, Joel, who was our speaker, was just saying so many good little like nuggets. And we were kind of closing out in a time of worship and I was up on drums. And he was saying some things and I was like, oh man, that was a heart punch. That was a heart punch. And one of them that, that he said that I feel like fits well for this. And so I'm stealing this from Joel. So Joel, if you ever see this, thank you. Um, but he says this. He said, are we gonna surrender our comfort for our calling or surrender our calling for our comfort. And I was sitting there last night just like, man, we are comfortable where we're at. We have great family, great friends. Our kids have both their grandparents in Cheney. And when I first told Wit back in August, September, like, man, I think the Lord is stirring something about being a lead pastor. I immediately knew we have to surrender some stuff. And it was primarily like our comfort and primarily like, just our routines and who we are. And I was like, this is gonna be hard. This is gonna suck. So I was like, wait, if you're not on board, then I'm not on board. I was like, just say no, just say no. And she was like, I've been sensing the same thing. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, here we go. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what is this? This is like a cue for something? Oh, I've actually never dabbed my eyes before, so this is first time. Here we go. Yeah, so... There you go. You saw it here. Um, but, but I think that this truth that we see in all of God's word and just through this entire time is we're going to have to surrender some comfort to follow Jesus. It is not a call that is just easy. To truly be surrendered to a life in Jesus means we have to surrender some of our comfort. And so I think this is something when it comes to life in transition and different things that we probably have to ask ourselves this question. Like, what am I still holding on to? 
What are things that I still want in my control? What are things that I have yet to surrender? And those are honest questions that are between you and the Lord. And sometimes you can ask some people who you really trust and say, hey, show me something that I'm not seeing in my own heart, in my own life. Mm. But really it's between you and the Lord in that. And so I wanna just end our time in just a time of prayer and to give us just a time just to respond with that heart set of just surrender and stuff. So why don't we go ahead and just close our eyes and bow our heads. And I even wanna just say, like, if you want to, you can put your hands in front of you. Um, and um, Lord, right now, we just take a moment um, to say we love you, but also we need to surrender some things. And God, you've called us to really surrender our life, to be a life in you. And it's not about just us, it's about you with us, Lord. And just like we see in the narrative of Joshua, you are with him. You never abandon him. You are constant and you are good. So we, we take those truths and we say yes to them. And we say, I believe in them. But Lord, we also know that requires some sacrifice, some surrendering. And so Lord, we just take a moment, whatever that is for us in our lives, just to put that in front of you and say, Lord, this is something I'm surrendering. Maybe it's our pride. Maybe it's our comfort. Maybe it's whatever it might be. But Lord, we just take a moment to just say, here you go. I trust you with the big picture, but I also trust you in the little details as well. So Jesus, we know that you are good and you are faithful. You are forgiving and you are loving. So Lord, we just trust you in that. We pray this in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for um, being with us in Whit and I are still here. I want to also make sure we're not like, like she said, like we said, like Joshua gave them three days and they're out. Like that's not anything that's happening. Like we're here, um, um, but we're also just, um, just also being prepared and ready for the Lord to kind of work in our hearts and our, in our lives. So we love y'all. So thanks for just all that you have done for our family and us and stuff. And so I don't know if you want to say anything. No. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, always remember, Jesus loves you, and so do Mark and Kay, and all of us. And we. And we, and Cooper and Whitney. Yes. And all of them. So so thank you so much. All right, God bless.